My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head Get it out of my head Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I am the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. Joining me as podcast producer is Lawrence Cruz. Hello, Lawrence. Welcome back. Hi, Pilar. Nice to see you. Good to see you. Gave you a proper hug this time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, made up for it. It helps when I wear really high heels, because <laughs> then I'm more hug-friendly and I don't feel so awkward, you know? Oh, it was just too busy last time. <laughs> we were both... Like crossing in the parking lot at high speed. It was crazy. And fortunately, I have a very short guest here who was very hug-friendly. Hello, right. Carol. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. How are you? Good. We have Carol Kirshner here with us today. And it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for having We've me. We've been talking about this for a while. Like at any of these like little, I don't know, script consultant lady tees that right. we've got to. Right. <laughs> I'm glad that it worked out. I'm yes, glad that it worked out. I am too. And last time I saw you, um, I got to teach for your peeps at the CBS Diversity. Uh, wait, let's see if I get it right. Right, the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program. You did, and you were awesome. When you left, I have to tell you because I always say at the end of when, when the speaker leaves, we just sort of talk about them. And I said, "What was your takeaway?" Every person got something that improved their script, and me, as somebody who gives notes, and I've been giving notes for about a hundred years now. I learned like two or three things so that when I gave notes actually that night, the writer got it. Oh, good. It was so helpful. I'm just stealing your stuff. I'm That's just fine. stealing your stuff. That's fine. I, you know, if, if the best steals from me, I know I'm doing something right. So thank you. you um, got it. Let me tell you a little bit about Carol M. Kirshner, who is a <laughs> career consultant and speaker and an author of the book, The Hollywood Game Plan, which is coming out. It's out. It's out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But your book party is like at the end of the month. It is. But but it, the book is out. When did it, when was the official launch date? Um, March 3rd. March 3rd. So this is The Hollywood Game Plan. And what's the, the colon the, title? It, <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> Everybody's colon. got a colon type, it's, title. It's absolutely, they sort of insist that right. you have a subtitle. Yeah. So it's How to Land a Job in Film TV or digital entertainment. My God, it That's covers what it. Everybody wants to know, right? So go get that book. It's through mwp.com. Yes. You can get it on Amazon, yep. all the big bookstores, yep. right? Yeah, Whew, pretty good. Thank um, you. In addition to to uh, having a new book out, uh, Carol has. Uh, spent 15 years as a Hollywood executive, or that was that was your experience, yes. um, uh, honing her remarkable ability to recognize and nurture talent. She is a former vice president of Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment, heard of it, and comedy, <laughs> <Been> development, <there. laughs> comedy development executive at CBS. And she hired, trained, and worked with hundreds of writers, directors, and producers. Um, and uh, as we said, she um, launched the CBS Diversity Writer, Writers Mentoring Program, also the WGA Showrunner Training Program. I have to interrupt you just for one second to say that I run the WGA oh, Showrunner Training it, Program. But you launched the I, WGA. I helped to launch it. Got uh, it. 
show, uh, showrunner, writer, producer Jeff Melvoin. It was his brainchild, and they brought me in to help him develop the curriculum for mm-hmm. this amazing program, and I run it. Now, so tell me, uh, with the WGA showrunner training program, that's that's a mouthful, and that sounds yeah. like a really important thing. What What's that about? It's, it's a very successful program. I'm very proud of it. It takes people who are on the verge of writing and uh creating their own show and becoming showrunners. So in order to get into the program, you have to be at the producer level or above on a current series and or have a pilot that's in active development at a network. We choose people who are just ready to use the information. We're in year seven and 28 of our alumni have created or run their own series. Wow. It is... It's exciting. It's prestigious. Executives are now asking people in terms of whether they'll be able to run their own show. If they've been through the program, it helps. It's not going to allow them to run their own show, but it's kind of like going to graduate school. So so uh, what do producers not know that they need to know to be a showrunner? Well, here's how to look at it. Yeah. Up until the time that they get their own show, they're writers. And their job is to create tremendous material. The minute that their series gets picked up and they're the showrunner, they are the CEO of a $65 million endeavor of a corporation because the studio, the network gives you the money. You're responsible for it. You're responsible for everything from scripts to casting to budget to the directors to the producers, the line producers. Everything that happens on that show is your responsibility. Wow. And the number one thing, as Jeff Melvoin says, is quality scripts on time. Because if your scripts aren't on time, you throw everybody off. But the showrunner is the ultimate person who's responsible for everything. Unlike features where it's really the director's vision, in television, it's the writer who has the power, who's the showrunner. Wow. And so, th- so there you are, sort of teaching the best of the best how to be the people who are going to run TV. That is <laughs> ultimately. right. I, I don't teach it. Uh, what we do is we have speakers. Okay. We have about 50 speakers. We have showrunners that include people like David Shore of House, Vince Gilligan of Breaking Bad, um, the woman who created uh, New Girl, Carlton Cuse of Lost. We have just the spectrum of the highest-end showrunners, but we also have directors, we have producers, we have actors, we have post-production, a whole day of that. And Sean Ryan always comes and speaks. Greg Daniels always comes and speaks. Wow. It's really best practices. Got Lawrence, remind me to uh, give some kind of payoff to Carol so we can get some of these guests on our show. Okay. You bet. You know? Oh, my you God. You bet. Let's talk. Let's there- talk. Money, money, money. <laughs> Man, God, I wish I had more. Uh, donors, come on. Send some money so we can get these guests on the show so I can pay off Carol Kirshner. That's what um, counts. No, so, so here you are. You know, there's, there's you know, the top rung. Um, at at a slightly lower place on the ladder trying to get up to that top yes. rung would be the people in the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program exactly. who want to have that exposure to the showrunners. Exactly. Now, how did, how, how did that program come about and, and what is that program, uh, what does that entail? Well, it's interesting the way that it happened. Um, probably about 
10 or 11 years ago. Do you remember the WB? Do you remember the urban shows on the WB that they used to launch it? Yes. Well, after they canceled all those shows, there were a lot of African-American writers that couldn't get work. And they were part of the Writers Guild. And so the Writers Guild and CBS got together and they asked me to put on a one-day seminar for what do you have to do to get back in the business. 500 people came. It was one of the best days of my life because I'm a former stand-up comic, so I love to perform. Get out. Really? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, wait, wait, wait a second. We're going to digress. Okay, we're just going to (laughs) go over to the left here. Yes, yes. So so where, when? Okay, the Comedy Store. Um, the improv. I worked here. I worked in LA, in New York. It was the most fun I ever had. So I, was this in the eighties? Yeah, I the, would say there was. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, was, like, I'm going to own that. It the, was in the eighties because that's the heyday, man. This it was the heyday of stand up comedy. Absolutely. Yeah, and and you know, you know, I'm married to stand up. Did I know? didn't know that. I who's, am? Your, who's your husband? His name is Pat Francis, and uh, he was just coming off the road when when I met him here so that was but he wasn't in the 80s he was like right. a 90s guy yeah. but I you know where other like girls would like sneak out to rock concerts and stuff you would... I would sneak out to comedy clubs how funny and it's true and so like one of my very favorite friends uh, long long time friends is is one of the reasons I'm in LA at all because I would follow him from from club to club like Who's in New that? York and stuff. Um, <laughs> Can't remember his name right now. <laughs> I do, I do, I do. Can you say? Okay, I'm gonna say. You know, he's gonna kill me for saying. His name is Charles Zucker, and Charles Zucker, and he's like an old old buddy, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I was a big fan of his. Yeah. And then and he ended up relocating to L.A. Yeah. And then I would see some shows out here too. Yes. And I just really liked it out here. So I'm like a big comedy. I had nut. no idea. Yeah, I had yeah, no yeah. Idea. That's why we have comedians on the show and stuff. Why I married one. So we'll have to talk out off. Off mic about all that stuff. You got it. It was pretty exciting. That is so cool. Okay, so, okay, so, right so anyway, so okay, having sorry. been a comic, I, I left being a comic because, you know, as a, if I may say, as a Jewish girl, I need a little more respect than you get as a stand up comic when you're traveling 300 days a year and staying at Howard Johnson motels. So I love performing, but I didn't want to do it on stage anymore. So being able to do workshops and seminars totally fed that part of me, and I got to help people. Mm -hmm. And this was one of my favorite days, because what I did was, first of all, what I did is sort of smacked people around metaphorically and said, you know what? You need to write more. You need to not rest on your laurels. You need to get out there. You need to have the material that will help your agent sell you. We had... Agents come and speak. We had producers come and speak. We had wonderful showrunners come and speak. And the next year when we did it, 700 people came. So I was talking to my colleague, well, to the fellow at CBS who was the executive, and we were having lunch at the Greek restaurant. And I said, this is the most fun I've had. How can we do this regularly? And he came up with with the idea of the CBS Diversity Institute, Writer's Mentoring Program. And he brought me in to create it. And we're in year nine and have launched the career, meaningful careers, of 25 writers of color. So these are people who are doing pilots. These are co-EPs. These are supervising producers. Real careers. Um, Absolutely the most exciting thing I do. Well, I was very 
very impressed by by the the, the table of writers that I, I got to teach. They just seemed really on it. They were connecting right away. They were inventive. You know. Well, it, it's easy to do that with you because it's so straightforward. It's so clear. Thank you. You're but, welcome. But but uh, no, it was a, it was a really good night. Um, I am going to get to this wonderful list that yes, you've brought in. I sent Carol an email that said, you know what? Lists are good. You know, top 10 this, how to do that. And she came up with a list that everybody's been waiting for. This is a list of 10 <laughs> ways to get your work in front of an agent. In front Sorry. of an agent. Or manager, agent representation. Exactly. Which is what people want. Right. I mean, these days, ma- the, the role of the manager is huge, yes, right? And you've right. seen that change o- over the years. Um, how, do you, how do you feel about all that? It's interesting. Um, years ago, I would have said, you don't need a manager. But now what I firmly believe, and actually I started touting this probably six years ago, for baby writers, you know, when you're an experienced writer, I'm not sure you need to give another 10% of your income away. But when you are just starting your career, the more people that are talking about you, the more people that are getting you meetings, the better. And so it is really worth it, in my opinion, for new writers to have both an agent and a manager. And sometimes it's easier to get a manager than it is an agent. And your manager will help you figure out what's the best fit in terms of an agency. Managing your career and part of managing your career is getting you the right agent. Absolutely. Because agents really are there to get you work. Managers, and they really don't want to hear from you all that much. They just want to hear from you to say, I have new material. But managers want to hear from you all the time. They want to help you. They'll hold your hand. They'll really look at your career in a long-term way. Now, this list. Okay, this list. What's what's number one? Ten ways to get your work in front of an agent. Let me just start before that by saying, before you're thinking about how to get your work in front of an agent, make sure your work is agent ready. And there's a couple of ways to be sure. There's three ways. But before I want to start, if your mother or somebody else said you have one time to make a good impression, she knew Hollywood. Because (laughs) if your work isn't stellar, then you've lost your opportunity. When I was interviewing people for the book, the Hollywood Game Plan book, um, (laughs) I interviewed a a graduate student at USC, a film student, and she said to me, would you look at my comedy short? And I said, sure, because I'm always looking for new talent. It looked good, but I couldn't hear a darn thing. The audio was so bad. And when I talked to her about it, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. We're going to be fixing that. Uh, as soon as I have the time. And I thought, you know what? I'm not going to have the time Hmm. when you finish that. Mm -hmm. And no agents or managers that I know are going to have the time after they see it the first time. So there's really three parts of being agent ready. And the first is being technically ready. Um, This means no typos, no misspellings, and making sure that it's formatted correctly. I'm sure you talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite books for that is Hollywood Standard um, by Christopher Riley, I think. Uh, That's a new one. Is it? I mean, it's it's fairly new. 2009, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It used to, I mean, David Trottier's book uh, has some really good formatting in it, too. Which book is that? uh, Which is the Screenwriter's Bible, and he keeps updating it as far as the formatting goes yeah it's very if it's not formatted correctly people go oh they don't know what they're doing Mm -hmm. 
and typos and misspellings. One of my former CBS mentees, a terrifically talented writer, would turn in drafts where there were typos, two or three on each page. Mm. And I said to him, I am not going to send this out to anybody. It makes me look bad. Mm -hmm. So what? And the next draft would have a, a few less, but what the only thing, in my opinion, that works is that you have to print out the script and you have to say it out loud word by word because you just don't catch it on your computer. I had to do the same thing with the book is for some reason the computer fools you, but when you have it in black and white and you're saying the words out loud, you get it. So then being creatively ready. So that's technically ready. Creative re- reg- creatively ready is sort of where you come in. It's making sure that your script is what I call blazing hot. <laughs> as I'm sure you've read thousands of scripts yeah. in your work as a consultant and also, you know, as a reader at Amblin and other places. I've probably read three or 4,000 scripts. And in any, any group of scripts, there's sort of the same percentages. Five of them just are not good. They just suck. Anybody who would read it would say, These, this person is not ready. This script is not ready. 5% are thrillingly good. And you think, oh, my gosh, this is great. I'm giving this to somebody. It's going to make me look good. And then the rest are really in the middle. Some are better than others, but they're good. Right. And good doesn't do it. It's just not good enough in this marketplace. Somebody, you know, a lot of people say, oh, my script never got read. My script... Good scripts don't always get noticed, but great scripts, they absolutely do. Hmm. Um, if you don't know whether your script is great, contact somebody like Pilar. Oh, thank get, you. Um, get somebody in the industry to review it and say, yes, you're ready, or you know what? You need a little more work. You can try a script consultant like Pilar. You can go to a class. You can take a class at UCLA Extension. If you're not in L.A., you can take it wherever you live at a college and have the instructor say, yes, it's ready. So technically, creatively. And then the third thing that's important about getting an agent is having a body of work. One script is not going to do it. An agent may read your script and go, this is great. The very next thing he or she is going to say, what else have you got? Mm -hmm. Because they need to know that you are a script machine and that you will turn out work. So you have to have a body of work before you're ready to get an agent. Okay. That's Top it. 10 ways. What? That's it. Now we're ready. Now we're ready. Are you yeah. ready? Okay. Agents always say, when people say to agents, how do I find an agent? They say the least helpful thing. When your work is good enough, we'll find you. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. Is that not true? Yeah. So the first thing, number one, is when a highly regarded screenwriting contest or film festival. And I'm sure that you have screenwriting contests. What do you like in terms of the I ones? always, you know, it's nickel season right it's now. Absolutely. May 1st is the deadline. Good. I tell people, no matter, <laughs> this, is, this is going against what we just talked about, but if you feel that your script meets your story intentions yes. and it's, it's proofed, send it in. It doesn't okay. hurt because, because the nickel fellowship is such a big deal. Yes. That even, even if you place in quarterfinals you're yes. going to get some notice so nickel is always the, the one i recommend how do you define meets your story intention that's if a good you read phrase. it and you go that's what was in my brain okay. that was what i visualized or better can something always get better absolutely and get hotter like yes. you said absolutely but you know when it comes to competitions 
you know, you can fix and fix and fix. But if you if you're still tweaking and it's May second, it's not going to help you. You're right. Send you have out. to pull the trigger. <laughs> it, there there is a fine line between it'll never be ready, it'll mm-hmm. never be good enough, and making sure that it's the best that it can be right now. Competitions are different <clears throat> from from having that that. Uh, opportunity with the producer okay you know I, I absolutely agree with you it has to be have you have to feel like you could shout this script to the world before you get it to the producer of your dreams yes. but competitions you know some sometimes it's a crapshoot just go for it <laughs> great great now what do you uh, uh, my opinion is that if it's not one of the top 10 screenwriting contests don't waste your money. What do you think? Well, it depends on the opportunities that they promise. Some of the new ones that are in top 10 are being more realistic and more practical with this is your prize. We will arrange a meeting with so-and-so. And if that's the, the production company you want, you should go for it toward that end. But it won't be something, like you said, that a, a, an agent will go like, oh, well, that, that contest. Yes. You know, that's, yeah. you're not doing it for the agents in that way. If there is something specific that they're promising and they deliver it, mm. then it is worthwhile. Yeah. Um, baby agents are out looking. They're trolling. They're trolling the internet. They're trolling all of the contests to see who the first top, say, three are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pet peeve of mine. I, I, I think we don't agree on this. If you're a quarter finalist in Scriptapalooza, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that that adds much to your credibility. Um, and what that says to me is keep working. Mm-hmm. Keep working until you're one of the top three. Um, the other way, number two, be selected to participate. If you're interested in television, in one of the television writing programs. Can you name some of them? I absolutely can name all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The first, because I'm biased, is the CBS Diversity Writers Mentoring Program. NBC has Writers on the Verge. ABC has the ABC Fellowship. They will pay you $50,000 in a year to write. Are they diversity as well? Um, they used to be. They, yeah, I thought so. They, you know what? They are conscious of being sure that there is a diverse group of people, but it is not just a diversity okay. program. Same thing with the Warner Brothers Workshop. Um, and then Fox has a new program, and we're really waiting to see what that is. They don't even call it a diversity program. They now call it audience strategy. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm not sure. So let's give it a year or two and see. Sure. Um, if you're in one of those programs, part of being in that program is having your work seen by agents. Mm -hmm. So that is a great way. That's number two. Number three is having an overwhelmingly positive response to your material because you've put it up. A play, a one-woman or one-man show at the Groundlings where you've written the material. Do you know Gloria Calderon-Kellett? No, I don't. She's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, She was just on um, Rules of Engagement. She was a, an actress. She came to L.A. She was an actress. She's a Latina. And the only role she was getting, as she'll say, had lines like, Chewy, put down the knife. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just sick of it. So she wrote her own play. And she spent the money, and she got it put up at a theater. And it was so good that there was buzz. And she ended up getting a manager because of that. And she continues to put her plays up. Uh, number four, get a million hits. On your YouTube video, those those baby agents that are trolling, they will find you. Then number five is get referred by a an acquaintance or a friend of the agent or manager. 
My favorite story about this, there's a writer whose mother went to the manicurist that Madonna used. (laughs) (laughs) She insisted that the manicurist take that script. The manicurist gave the script to Madonna. Madonna gave it to her development person. The development person read it, loved it, got it to an agent, and that person got signed. Wow. So there's always six degrees of, of separation, in my opinion. A name is so important, don't you think? Yes. Yeah. The, i got to start getting more pedicures. You, like you do. <laughs> it, you you do. know what? It will help. It will help. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that his mom went to her because of Madonna, but it did not hurt. And you should see the attention that guys get at the at the pedicurist too. I've actually had one. Have <laughs> you? Yeah, like suddenly all the all the ladies like straighten up and they're all like, hee you know. It's yeah. true. It's, it's like dude at one o'clock. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Looks true. like a straight dude too. That's right. How about that? Um, okay. Uh, but but a, a question about that. Um, uh, let's say that somebody has um, a producer has passed on your material. Okay, yeah. and said. I love your writing, but we have something on the slate that's similar. Sure. Or um, we can't make it because our audience is this. Yes. But you're such a strong writer. Yes. Do you think that it would be in the writer's interest to say, thank you for saying that. Is there any representative that you think would, would be right for me? That is a perfect example of what I call the Hollywood soft ask. Okay. Somebody said, ask. no, ask where you don't say to the producer, (laughs) will you give my script to an agent? Yeah. What you say is what you just said. Thank you so much. Is there any representation that you think would be a good fit? Because then you're not making them reject you because nobody wants to reject you. And they might say, you know what? Not really. I'm not sure that I can think of anybody. And that's a pass. But more likely, if they're telling you that you are that good of a writer, then they would probably be happy to send it. But you do have to ask. But you have to ask in a way that you're not backing them into the corner. And they'll be relieved because they've actually helped you. Yes, yes, yes. They didn't yes. have to buy your script. Yes. But they helped you and yes. they believed in you enough to say, and they're not going to say, I'll give it to. They'll say, they'll say, yeah, you know, this person would be right. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it okay if I use your name when, exactly. I, when, I, when I call? Sure, go ahead. All right, great. No, they didn't have to send an email. Yes. They didn't have to send the script. That is such a pain in the butt for people. You're absolutely right. You're right. If you can say, if you can use their material and you say that in the subject line, Mm -hmm. big time producer suggested I contact you. (laughs) Yeah. And they will open that. The, um, you're absolutely right. That's a terrific way to do it. That's a terrific way. Uh, That's going to be number 11. Okay. (laughs) Um, Excuse me. But that does bring us to number six, which is have your script um, recommended by a a, a current client because agents and managers want to keep their clients happy. So when they go home with a stack that's two feet tall, they make sure that their clients' friends are at the top of that pile. Because they want to be able to say on Monday morning, yes, I read Pilar's script. It was terrific. Uh, I'm going to bring her in for an interview. Number seven, be referred by an industry professional. And that is somebody like you. And I'm not saying that that is part of your business because it's certainly not part of my business where I don't, I don't, I mean, beware of people that say, I'll read your script and then I will give it to an agent. Yeah, I, I have a hard time with that. Yes. I, I've made it very clear on my website and, and other places that I don't move material because it 
it feels like a conflict of interest. Yes. And also, I don't know if people are going to come to me then because they just want me to pass something along versus they really want help. Yes. You gotta, if you're going to pay that kind of money, you should pay it because you want help, not because somebody might do something for you. Absolutely. You know, I think. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Just question on number six. So, in other words, befriend represented writers who will get your work to their agent? Is that the strategy? Absolutely is a strategy. But you know what? I firmly believe, um, I do a workshop on, you know, the secret to successful networking. And Mm -hmm. the first thing I say is let's throw out the word networking Mm. because it sounds like what can you do for me? I I believe in connecting. So if in your travels you meet a represented um, writer who you have an authentic connection with, then I think that that's appropriate. Yeah. Um, and again, I wouldn't back them into the corner. I would do the soft Hollywood ask and say, would you read my material and give me notes? Mm. And the truth is, if your friend or this writer likes your material, they will probably pass it mm. along because it, it makes you look good. Mm-hmm. If you can say, here's a script that I think is terrific. And if your agent or manager agrees with you, it's like, wow, this client added somebody to my list that is going to make me money. Uh, it's hard to – you would probably want to do it with somebody who feels a little more secure in their own career. Absolutely. Because, you know, sometimes the minute yeah. somebody gets represented, their right. friend's like, great, can that guy represent me You're too? And it's absolutely like, right. I'm just making sure I stay and, you know. Don't make me I, – I am talking about somebody who feels secure. Yeah. That's a great – that's a great point because right. if your friend who you've been uh, going out for drinks with just got signed and you say, Shh, can you give me to your agent? They're going to go, eh. right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. So yeah. I wouldn't do I, – when you meet somebody who's firmly established in their career and they have a solid relationship with their agent or manager, then would be the time. Right. Uh, thanks for, for bringing that up. Um, an industry professional could be a teacher. It could be somebody, say, again, at UCLA – um, it could be somebody at your at a college near you if they're connected to the entertainment industry. Again, you don't take the class for that reason. You take because you really want to learn how to make your material better, but you're there also to meet people. And if your teacher thinks this is terrific, then they may really help you. Um, eight, which is not the best, is a cold send where you go through the Hollywood Creative Directory and you call up every single agency and you say, hello, would you take my unsolicited script? Now, some agents and managers will. Uh, it's worth a call. Uh, many of them won't, but that's okay. You should, be, you should be intrepid about this and make sure that there's no stone unturned. I believe the Writers Guild has a list of agents that will look at unsolicited material. Uh, nine... Get a job working in the entertainment industry because even if you're a PA, you're inside and you will have the opportunity to meet peers in the business and somebody will know somebody who knows an assistant at an agency or a management company. And if they like your material, they can get it to them. Now, would you say because, for example, um, someone just came out here and uh, – uh, she she had been in law school, right? So this is somebody who, you know, is not just out of college, okay? Right. And she took a job as a PA yes. in reality. Yes. Because she wants to be a screenwriter. 
Yes. And, you know, I had to say, I think, <laughs> you know, I admire your stick to but I think that you're a PA, first of all, in the wrong medium. Exactly. You know, and also, even on the production side, you know, here you are, you have a law degree, maybe she should be going into the development side. So if you're going to get a, a, a low-level job, maybe you get a low-level job, uh, you know, as an office PA in the development side of the world rather than the production I area? think that's a good point. I, if you can do anything, mm-hmm. I would say you get a job in the mailroom at okay. one of the bigger agencies. And I'm telling you, people from Harvard Law, they are competing to get into the mailroom at CAA or ICM or William Morris Endeavor. That would be the number one place to do it because being an agency gives you the 360-degree perspective of the business. Next to that, if you can get a job as an office PA in a production company where they're doing development, that's a great idea. And development for people, you know, just to, we've said this yes. a million times, but just, just uh, to clarify, is now you're on the script end of it rather than on the production end of it. You're not on set. But if you do want to be, let's say, make your own movies, yes. okay, a, a, a writer, director, or producer, yes. then, yeah, being on set is helpful for those kind of connections. You kind of right. have to figure out, well, what, what people do I want to be shaking hands with before you get your job? Yes, you know? yes. Um, there are, you know, everybody wants to hire cheap labor. Yes. You know, you're, they're lucky to have you. So you should also sort of pick and choose a little bit what area you want. That's, to, a, gr- that's you know. a great point. Um, there's something that I call the Hollywood Graduate School, mm-hmm. which is working for free. <laughs> and instead of, if you really want to make movies, if you really want to write I believe that the money, this may be blasphemy, the money that your parents were going to give you to go to graduate school, use it to live on for a year and work for free. Work as an intern where people, it's like like being in an audition. Everybody is looking for great people. And if you are one of those people, and I talk about it in my book, how how you become sort of the rock star intern, how you make sure that when you're there, you're making the most of the opportunity. And if you are good, if you work really hard, if you anticipate what needs to be done, if you are fun to be around, then when there is an opening, you will be the first person that they will ask because they already know you. So I think you can't do better than that. If you're just starting out, if you can afford it, not Mm -hmm. everybody can afford it, but if you can, it's really an option worth considering. You know, another little strategy that I found pretty interesting recently, uh, me and my friend were trying to cast a short that we wrote, and um, we had a very specific sort of actor in mind, sort of overweight and over 50 for this particular role. And we went through, for 15 bucks a month, you can get an IMDb Pro account. Yes. And uh, you can go to that particular actor's page. <clears throat> and on IMDb Pro, you can, you can see their manager's name, yes. direct email, yes. direct phone, and just call them up. And uh, most of them said no, but uh, several of them said, sure, send the script in. I was like, this is a very direct way of doing it. it is, I, I think that IMDb Pro yeah. for 15 bucks it's a gold mine. is a gold mine. Yeah. I mean, the Hollywood creative director, before there was IMDb Pro, that was sort of the Bible. But now IMDb Pro shows everything. Yeah, you can does. find their representation. And yes, I think it's bold to make those cold calls. But the worst they can say, as I like to say, the worst they can say is, no, never call me again. But most of the time that doesn't happen. And you'll get the yeses. Yeah, yeah. And you'll get the how much money is involved. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Uh, More than I can. You're surprised who will work and who will work for minimum. Yeah. 
Um, and what some you, people, what if you take your parents' grad school money and then you just call up the, the actor? <laughs> How much? Oh, uh, what have I got here? I have, <laughs> don't don't spend your parents' graduate school money on one actor. That is not a good idea. I don't know. That's not on your list. <laughs> no, stealing for the parents here. I figure. Let's go for it. Number ten. Yes. And finally, yeah, is already be working in the business and be making money as a writer. Mm-hmm. Because if you are, that's when the um, that's when the agent is going to find you. And if you mm-hmm. have an agent, they will try and steal you. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a lot of uh, independent writers on yeah. on the show, and uh, some of them have done quite well. And they're still looking for an agent. Really? And it's it's you know, I keep thinking, why isn't somebody making money off of you? You know, you're you're an easy ten percent. Um, and why do you think that is? I think that's so interesting. Yeah, you know, I think maybe because. Ah, you know, they're niched, yeah. uh, the indie writer, possibly. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I bet that at least one thing that they can do, and you've probably already talked to them about this, um, is that if you are an indie writer and you're working with producers, say, is there any way, is there any representation that you think would be a good fit? I mean, have everybody that you know. Again, I believe that, that, if you connect with enough people, somebody is going to know somebody. And if your material is really good and you're able to get it in front of an agent or a manager, and, and you might do that through a producer, you might do that through one of the actors that's in your short who has representation. Um, because if somebody is represented, it's at least the beginning of getting you on the road to mm-hmm. that. This is very good. Now, in your book, do you have this... Do you have this yes, list in your book? I do, as a matter of yeah. fact. I, I have another question. Yes. Um, query letters and pitch festivals, not on your list. What's your take on those? Well, what, in terms of cold calling, that's the query letter. Okay, all right. Is, is what yeah. I'm talking about, where you can either send it in uh, via getting the information on IMDb Pro or Hollywood Creative Directory, and that's the query letter. Hard copy, old school, or email? I've got to tell you, I th- I'm so glad you brought that up. I think you send a hard copy, and the reason why is that if you're sending it to somebody who likes, who's not reading on their iPad, although that's happening more and more, you're not asking them to spend the money in ink and paper to do it. Uh, I would do both, as a matter of fact. Hmm. And you said festivals? Yeah, pitch festivals. Um, It's interesting. We're doing the Great American Pitch Fest. Oh, good. Uh, Aren't you doing it too, Paul? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, I'm doing a master class Friday night uh, at its launch. Yes. And then I'll be doing uh, one of the free classes during... And and are you doing... I'm doing a free class. What's... Mine is uh, Five Secrets, because we like those lists, to a killer pitch. Excellent. And I think that pitch festivals can be a very good place to connect with people. I don't believe that the... Most people that are sitting with you and hearing your pitches are not going to buy them because they don't want to move. They don't want to pull the trigger that quickly. But if you've created a relationship, even in that brief period of time, an authentic connection, they will probably say, you know what, follow up. Let me know what's going on with you or if you have something else. So I think that's the value of pitch festivals. I think it may be an unrealistic expectation to think, I'm going to go there and sell it, although that happens occasionally. Well, it's it's uh, also as far as agents and managers go, um, I usually tell people this is the in-person query letter. You oh, know, that's great. It, it, you're still 
making your query, but they can see you now and they can also find out if you're crazy, you know? Yes. And <laughs> Psycho. Right, and you're not just pitching your uh, your idea when yes. you're in front of uh, an agent or manager at a pitch fest. You're pitching you, you know, Absolutely. what you bring to your projects, what yep. your vision is. You can tell them about, you know, uh, your great YouTube video. You can show them things. Yes. So it's, it, it's helpful for a manager or agent rather than a cold query. So I if you were that's teetering. absolutely true. A- yeah. And I have a tip that not everybody follows, but I find it very refreshing. If you go in and disarm them by saying, I'm not here to sell you anything, then they can sort of relax. You say, I'd just love some advice. I'd love to talk to you about what I'm doing and, and hear what your thoughts are. Mm. Because again, you're not putting yourself in the position where you're saying, buy this. Mm-hmm. And you're doing exactly what you said, which is a, I love that, an in-person query letter. Um, so I think that's a value, especially if your expectations are that you want to make a connection and let people see you as you're talking about. And it can lead to a script read. I mean, sometimes they'll request your script, read it, like yes. it, and say, not quite. What else have you got? I've had that happen. So. And then okay. if you go to... You know, here, call this agent, call this manager. I mean, it, it could right. it could create a domino effect of everything on your list yes. just to have the right person read it. Yeah. That's it right. It's hard to get things read. And meet you is a really interesting thing. When somebody presents themselves well, people are more likely to think, "Wow, I, I, I'd like to, I'd like to read them at least." Mm. This is somebody who I think is smart. This is somebody who's sharp, who gets it. Let me see what they've got. Let me mm. see what they've got. Mm. And then exactly what you're talking about, which is sort of a domino effect, which is the best that you could uh, do. For people outside of the business, those pitch fests are a way in to at least connect with industry professionals. Mm. Now, in your book, you've got these tips and more. So tell everybody about your book a little bit because I'm really glad there's something out there that's about getting writers work. Um, Time for the killer pitch. There's, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's about a killer pitch. Uh, there, it, for people who are just coming to L.A., there's a whole chapter on where should you live? How do you pick a place? How do you pick a place to live? That's How do you useful. meet people? Yeah. It is. Yeah. I landed in Silver Lake, but it was just like putting a dart in a board. It was perfect for me, but I, I could have ended up, I don't know, anywhere. <laughs> we talk about Silver Lake being one of the greatest places it's to live. Fantastic. Silver Lake, West Hollywood. I don't recommend the West Valley. I don't. I live in the West Valley. <laughs> don't go. Don't live in the Valley or the West Valley until they. You have children and they demote you to over the hill. Like oh, what happened exactly. to me? I used. Lived, I lived in the cool part and then I had children and they like kicked me over the over the hill into the valley. Don't and, do it. And so when you're starting, don't live in the valley yeah. unless it's Studio City and you can just go right over the hill. That's true. Studio Hollywood. City still has this little little. I don't know. You're close. Right. It's Executives live in in Studio City. That's exactly who lives in Studio (laughs) City. And if you happen to be at the Starbucks there and you bump into them, uh, there's a glossary section of what over the hill means, about going up the coast, what that means. Uh, We we have the Hollywood dress code section that's part of um, prepping for a meeting. There's a whole chapter on doing the power prep and how important that is. There's how to be good in a meeting, how to be good in a room, actually. Um, there is if, how, to be, how to get a job as an intern, how to get a job, that entry-level job, doing the fierce five-step job search. Nice. Um, 
There's a chapter on preparing for the diversity factor, factoring in the diversity factor, because that's a real thing in this town. Um, how you deal with rejection. And uh, there's a wonderful young woman named Rosie Buddha who came up with the terrific way to call it. She calls it L.A. Armor. It's a way to make the to make your skin thick enough that you can take the rejection that comes with this business until you do get the yes. But and then not there's so thick that you become horrendous to be around. Yeah. Indeed, <laughs> indeed, you don't want to become one of those people. There's plenty of those people here there's, too. There's there are snide. Well, you know nothing. Kind of people won't take a note. That kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. The and those people get put on the life is too short list, and they don't get a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. you don't want to talk to them at a party. No. Yeah. But you're right. You need a thick skin. You, you do. do need a thick skin. Um, and then the last chapter is how to get that lucky break. Mm. Wow. So Good that's pitch. what's in it. Good yeah. Pitch. Oh, um, my goodness. Um, I, okay. Yeah. I, I want to buy this I book. I want the dress code. <laughs> this is, yeah, no kidding. The dress code is very intriguing to me, too. Uh, this is great. Good. We need a book like that, that out there. Do Thank you. You, you know, I, I should know this, and I don't want to put you on the spot. Um, I forget. Do you do career coaching? I do career coaching and consulting. Oh, good. Okay. Be prepared for some business, Carol Kirshner. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. I would definitely recommend, Carol, for, for sitting down and discussing your career and figuring out a game plan. Um, I can't thank you enough Can for I tell here. you where they could find me? Absolutely. <laughs> go for it. I'm going to um, – if you go to HollywoodGamePlan.com, HollywoodGamePlan.com, that is my old website – but in another week or two, it's going to get you to my new website where my consulting practice is called Park on the Lot. Ooh, nice. Because people in this business, if you're parking on the lot, it means that you're getting meetings. It means that you are um, working in the, at the level that you want to be working at. Uh, and the book, if you're interested in the book, go to mwp.com, michaelweseyproductions.com, and you can buy the book there. Yes, wonderful. Wonderful. I, Thank you so much. This Yay. was so much fun. I'm glad fun. that you were here. I'm going to do a little pitching right now, too. Please do. Pitch. And just remind people that if you are on MWP.com, you could also pick up a copy of the Coffee Break Screenwriter. A oh, great book, Lord. may I just say. A great book. <laughs> the exercises on the end of the chapters are great. And... Um, uh, also, uh, go to onthepage.tv. Uh, we are doing another Coffee Break Screenwriter class, March 25th. It's Sunday from 11 o'clock to 2. Um, also, I want to thank our donors, um, Craig T. Williams. Thank you very much for a $25 donation. Khalid Salim, thank you so much for a $20 lo- uh, donation. Carlos Ruby, I'm going to thank you one more time because it was 100 bucks, so you get Ooh, two thank yous. How about love that? that. Uh, Yanni Smith, thank you very much for your $20 donation. And um, if there's anybody that I'm leaving out, you feel free to email me and say, hey, where's my shout out? Biatch. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't say it like that. Oh, if you do, it's okay. It's, be, be like I'm home. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so I want to thank Lawrence very much for producing today. Yay, Lawrence. I want to thank Carol for being here. Thank you. And buy her book. Go to her website. Do something where you can meet Carol in person. She is wonderful. She's filled with information, and it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank, thank you, you so much. And everybody out there, have a good writing week.